Hey guys. <laughs> oh yeah. How's this little jam for ya? So, ah, uh, we're December. That's right, it's December. Not sure how I feel about that. It kind of came a little bit quick, quicker than I expected. But uh, we're in the home stretch as we get towards Christmas. Which I know there's a lot of haters out there as it relates to Christmas. A lot of you don't like Christmas, but you know what? I like Christmas. I've got two kids, as you all know, and um, Christmas is special to me. So anyway, um, what's been going on? Well, we just released uh, an episode featuring Awaiting the Answer. I really got to say that was one of the funnest episodes of the Sean Geek podcast. It's top five for sure. Uh, the best one in a long time. And in fact, it's probably even reminiscent to the top Sean Geek episode of all time. You're probably wondering to yourselves, what is the top Sean Geek episode of all time? Well, I released a list uh, a couple times a year or something like that, just to, as an update as to whether are the top episodes. So if someone's coming to the podcast and they're like, hey, what's this guy? What does he do? Oh, what's this brother guy? What's this other brother guy? What's this chick up in Montreal? Like, who are these people and what do they do? A list is always a good idea. So today... As of last night, the top episode of all time is the Meet the Geeks versus episode. Versus is important. I have no idea why it became the important thing on the show. But the versus game, which was... Um, the versus game, where did it come from? And, and what does it mean? And why did I want to play that game with awaiting the answer? Well, once upon a time, there was a podcast called Bunny Ears. It was hosted by Macaulay Culkin and a buddy of his who was trying to get Macaulay into the world again. Because Macaulay, he retired a long time ago in his 20s or maybe even younger than that. And uh, he just decided to be go do things, go have, you know, go have fun. And in that retirement, people said a lot of things about him. They suspected he was doing this, he was doing that, he was a, jun he was a junkie, uh, you know, uh, he had a lot of Michael Jacksonisms going on, what have you. And then he creates his podcast. Well, he doesn't. I'm, trying, I'm, I'm blanking on uh, his partner's name. But his partner, his, a good buddy of his, decides to start a podcast with him. Um, and I'll be honest, the whole reason I listened to it was, was because of Macaulay's name on it. And it ended up being uh, 
an awakening uh, into, you know, the hell is Macaulay Culkin, really? And it ends up, he's not much different than the Meet the Geeks people. And by that I mean he geeks out on wrestling, he geeks out on comic books, he geeks out on action figures, on video games, all the things we talk about on our show. Now, I didn't realize there was going to be a synergy between myself and Macaulay Culkin that I was going to associate with him so much that he could easily, you know, given different circumstances, be part of my circle of friends. But it was really cool that he's just a down-to-earth nerd, no different than myself, uh, in and around the same age as myself as well. It's just kind of cool. I don't know. So anyway, so there's this game that they play on their show called Versus, and I don't even know if they do it anymore. They did it a few times. I really liked the idea of it in that it was uh, similar to things you see on Facebook and other places. 13 things you didn't know about me sort of thing. Um, and the nature of the game on their show was, you know, it was going to reveal your your true thoughts and about certain topics or certain things. And I thought, what a clever idea. So, I ripped it off. I totally stole it. I mean, this is, let's, uh, let's be honest here. This is a, a bunny ears game that I would really like to see more people playing. I, I, def- I definitely don't own the game. Um, and actually, they don't either. It's just a game that, you know, friends always play with each other. You know, you get out of a movie, you go see, uh, I mean, when we were kids, you get out of a, seeing Star Wars or something, and you're like, you know, who's better, Han Solo or Luke Skywalker? Uh, who's the better droid, C-3PO or R2-D2? Or, uh, you know, you saw Superman came out, and then Batman came out, and then after you saw Batman, what's a better movie, Superman 1978 or Batman Michael Keaton? You know, the, you, you get to thinking, and, and but you get to know yourself as well. So I, I always liked those episodes of Bunny Ears, and I wanted to do, I wanted to use it, because I thought it'd be an interesting way to have fun, interact with guests, but also interact with the regular uh, Meet the Geeks crew. So that's what we ended up with. Um, so I had always wanted to do a Meet the Geeks versus episode, and we finally did it. It was me, Todd, Corey. Not the true original uh, Meet the Geeks, but probably the current iteration of Meet the Geeks, I guess. And uh, especially seeing Todd's inclusion into the Meet the Geeks strip uh, this year. I don't know. It's kind of cool. So, seeing as I hadn't really been talking with awaiting the answer for a while, I thought, you know what, this is going to be a good game to to get to know them, to maybe shake out their sense of humor or whatever, but it looks like they didn't need their sense of humor shaken out, they came in guns blazing, and I really hope that this episode of Versus makes the top ten of all time, because it was a delight, 
Now, there's two episodes of Versus. So, the episode that just came out on Saturday, which was two days early because their single premiered earlier than expected, I wanted to make sure my episode came out at the same time as the single to cross-promote, all that sort of stuff. Um, so that left me with no episode for Monday. So it's now Tuesday, and I'm driving. And I haven't done one of these in a while, but I wanted to do a drive-to-work cast. So the second half of the Away in the Answer episode, which is three-quarters of the Versus uh, competition we had. And this was a competition. This was... I, I used uh, some uh, ideas that I took from uh, James Beaver from Beaver Does Movies. Go check it out. Great podcast. And I liked his gauntlet style and tabulating points and uh, tapping out. I, I liked all that stuff. So, James, I appropriated for you. I am so sorry. But it wouldn't be the first time a Canadian's appropriated a Brit. Is that controversial? Maybe. Anyway, um, the second uh, half of the episode is going to be up next Monday. This is the tweener episode. And uh, the second half is, is... It's funny. It's very funny. So for those keeping score, if you haven't listened, or if you can't remember, the episode that came out on Saturday, they played three rounds of Versus. It was the first subcategory called Battle of the Bulge. And in that competition, so far, skinny, pretty singers are beating out heavy singers. But fear not, there's more rounds to come. In the following episode, there is a round called Gothic uh, Personalities. That's another subcategory. Uh, What the hell? Classics? or something. I can't remember now. I'm driving. I don't have notes in front of me. You think I'm going to drive unsafe on my way to work? Um, anyway, so check that out. At the second half of the episode, the true, the the core of the Versus episode is next week, next Monday. It's freaking hilarious. And you'll get to answer the final for, for all time. What is the best vocalist. Is it the pretty boy? Or is it the enthusiast, the professional? Or do looks really matter? Ah, I can't wait. Uh, once both episodes are, I think I'll, I'll send out the, the tabulation of the points so you guys see how things uh, panned out. Anyway, go check it out. Uh, in the interim... Uh, working on the book, um, within the last hundred pages, in fact, I think down to the last 60 pages of the surface edit, and I hit a bit of a wall, not a bit of a wall, I just got frustrated and angry. It's funny, you know, I just posted uh, a picture of where I was at on my Instagram account and shared everywhere else, and the real debaters replied, you got to be something along the lines of you're going to be crazy to write a book. I cannot agree more. I feel like I'm losing my sanity with this thing. But I, I, I've been working on this surface edit that was, I felt there was something missing to the whole thing. 
didn't know what it was. It was just something that just didn't didn't work. It, it was something bothering me, and I couldn't put my finger on it. And then I put my finger on it, and I realized what I thought the problem was. So then I've been writing in a journal beside you know my printed copy, making notes and actually writing. So going with the idea of this is what's wrong with the book and this is how to fix it and here is an interim chapter I'm going to insert this is where I'm going to take out a chapter all to kind of you know streamline the book to having that new final vision that I had that idea I had so as I got to the you know 100 pages left to go mark I realized that my idea actually didn't solve what I thought was a problem and in fact created a bigger problem and in fact um, didn't make any sense it wasn't logical I wasn't actually fixing anything I was actually ruining things so I was so mad at myself I mean I didn't change anything in my book the whole point of this surface edit is to look, read through find things that you don't like or find holes or find continuity errors you know those those sorts of things make notes on how to fix them and in a journal not in the book itself but in a journal make notes on what I think I should do so when I go back after this edit I can just make my insertions and be done with it so now what I'm realizing is the thing I had a problem with is not a problem Actually, everything is fine. So now I'm going back to the original no changes. So everything I've been writing for the past 30 days or, or so is not really relevant. doesn't really matter. But, you know, it's a good experiment because it's, it's, it's stretching your story out. It's throwing your story against the wall and seeing if it sticks. And, uh... I did, however, add one idea that spread out over multiple sequences. And uh, I really like what I did with it. I really like what it's doing and uh, how it's progressing one of the characters. It's not putting you know the character more prominent, but it's providing clarity to that character's uh, intentions and uh, inner workings, I guess. So very, very excited uh, to get through this section because it's been driving me batshit crazy. Um, but anyway, I think, I think I'm through the problem I had with the idea that didn't make sense. I'm just, I'm going to leave it at it involved um, Sweden and Switzerland. And uh, that was what I was having a problem with. But now I'm coming back to Sweden and Switzerland. And I I might be able to do something with it. I just probably just need to change a couple of, a couple of things. Anyway, 60-some pages to go, I think, is where I'm at. Almost there. Oh, God. I can't wait. Oh! Now I remember what I really, really wanted to talk about. 
uh, this past Saturday, I went up to the Merge in Selkirk. I haven't been there since the last time we played there. And the last time we played there was an open mic, so uh, we alluded to it in the last episode. Uh, Todd and I did a couple of warm-up shows there with Dome, you know. Uh, it was open mic, so it wasn't really a show, and we don't really count our two times there as shows, because we just went on open night, open mic night, just played for free. Um, the first time we went to play three songs and ended up with six, and the second time I think we went to play three songs and ended up with nine, I guess. Ronnie Dobrook, I believe, was manning the, uh, the console that night. Anyway, uh, went back to see my brother's band play. Yes, my brother. Fast Red Fingers himself, or Todd Geek. Uh, he's got a band called The Guys From Work. They opened for Balls Blue. And uh, I was very impressed. I thought I was going to say something else. No, I was very impressed. Um... I much prefer seeing my brother as a guitar player. I'm going I'm to be totally honest. He is my favorite guitar player. I like his style, his technique, his attack better than any other guitar player I've worked with. Or um, any, you know, celebrity guitar, like, you know, professional guitar player. Not that he's not professional, but... Um, you know, he's better than Eddie Van Halen, he's better than Steve Vai, he's better than Joe Satriani, he's better than, uh, Kim Thale, he's better than, uh, Ament, uh, he's better than the guys from Systems of a Down, System of a Down, he's better than, you know, the guys from Dead South, you know, better than, uh, guy from the Pixies, like, there's just something about his style, which, I, it's, it's my perfect guitar player, now, I played with some really good guitar players, and, and very close on that list is Alex from Dome, um, that was not my kind of playing, it wasn't the style I liked, but the more I played with him, I had an epiphany of what guitar meant. I mean, because I, you know, worshipped at the school of Todd, I wasn't really open to other guitar players. But Alex, Alex was phenomenal. Um, I liked how creative, as a writer, as a guitarist, and as a writer, Alex is my fave. I just, I can't believe how he constructs his guitar parts. They're so inventive, so creative, so original. I've never heard a guitar player like him before. Um, but anyway. Um, so he played, he's playing bass in this band. And, you know, it's the bass player is often the, the overlooked member of a band. And uh, Todd really stood out. He's changed his bass playing technique. He was the bass player in Dome, as you all know. And... Uh, and he was playing bass here. And he was playing a different style. He was playing a different bass. Um, everything about what he was doing was was fresh. Not something I had heard from him before. 
and it was really nice, and they were a cover band, but they were playing a different selection of songs than the norm, which is really nice. You could call it classic rock, but they didn't play any Zeppelin, they didn't play any Van Halen, they didn't play any ACDC. No, they played different classic, different songs, different classic songs, which was great. You know, there was Dango Jones in there, there was Collective Soul, there was, jeez, uh, what else now? They played a hip song, which nobody plays. When it comes to hip songs, there's about three or four that every bar band plays. They didn't play any of those. They played a different one. In fact, probably my favorite hip song, it was a hip song that I did with the Classic Embers when I was the drummer and singer during that phase, the last, you know, the last phase of my time with them, where I was doing double duty. And it was a song that I'd never really looked at before. Well, it's a head by a century. Um, and they nailed it. They totally nailed that song. I was stunned. Um, with the Embers, I think we played it quite well, but, uh, the guys from work, no, they, they way better than whatever the Embers did. It was just way better. Um, the level of professionalism in this band, the commitment to the art of playing their instruments was unparalleled. I've never... I mean, I, I heard their last performance. There's a bunch on YouTube. Go to Fingers McGinn. That's uh, Todd's uh, YouTube channel. Uh, he's got both sets of performances up there. But I can't believe how tight they were. Uh, I even brought my mom with me, and she was astounded at the quality. Mom's pretty picky. But I couldn't believe how tight they were. It was unreal. It was unreal. I was so proud to, uh, I was so proud of Todd and so proud of the band to get to talk to everybody except for Warren, the drummer. I didn't really get a chance to talk to him, but that's fine. I'll uh, talk to him the next time. But uh, the guitar work between the two guitar players, I thought one guy was the lead and the other guy was just rhythm. And I kind of had suspicions that maybe the rhythm player, you know, wasn't that good. But the rhythm player uh, blew my mind. In fact, I knew the lead guitar player, Randy. I knew he was amazing. I've been following Randy on SoundCloud for years. Um, he's an amazing talent. And I expected nothing short of, you know, amazing from him. Because, you know, I, I'm, I'm familiar with his, you know, with his work. And, um, you know, I knew he was going to be amazing. But Dan, the quote-unquote rhythm guitar player, he played some amazingly tasty uh, leads, which I like. I don't even know where that came from, but it was it was phenomenal. It was amazing. Dan is an amazing guitar player. Um, I think that was the biggest surprise for me, and it was a great surprise. I love this guy's lead work. I love this guy's lead work. Um, and having the the two guitar attack was something else anyway i'm at work here's a midweek update i'm gonna post this sometime before friday peace love and hugs i'll see you guys on the flip side and remember everything is beautiful